Welcome to the Agoracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Agoracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. And today's news isn't important news, it's record news, it's record revenues coming out of Value of Pharma with trading Canada under VPH for our friends in the US, VPHIF, and even for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under VP2. With us is Steve Saviak. He's a he's a CEO of the company. Uh, if for those of you new to the story because you saw record revenues, here's what you need to know. Typically, when you hear about biopharma, you all think like I do, big R&D, long FDA clinical trials, cash burning companies with high risk, high reward. Valio has turned that business model on its head as a commercial stage revenue generating and profitable Canadian pharmaceutical company. What they're doing basically is they license and acquire the, the Canadian rights to commercial stage proprietary drugs and commercialize them here in Canada. So this in-licensed business model means no development, no development or clinical risk. More than just lip service, what's it translated into? Well, record revenue for 2021, $13.6 million up 81%. Gross profit, $4 million up 186%, and so much more to talk about. Steve, welcome to the show, my friend. George, it's great to be back. Hey, congratulations to you and the team. I mean, we knew that Q1, Q2, and Q3 were always strong, so it's not like this is a surprise number, but it's great to be able to bring that number in. Here's the what I see as the theme. Great numbers. But the last half of the story tells the of the of the year tells a story. You did nine point one million dollars in revenue. If I just do simple extrapolation, you're already at eighteen million dollar run rate right now. So how happy are you guys with both the year and the last half of the year's performance? Uh, you know, George, it was a record year. Uh, we're never satisfied. We always think we could do better. How could we do better? But uh, you do have to sit uh, take at least a moment and uh, and thank our our uh, shareholders, our uh, board, our management team, our employees for putting out a, a really strong effort during a couple of years now that have been really tough. Uh, people certainly appreciate with COVID that this is not just an excuse that companies are having struggling with COVID. This is a reality of people having to work from home, limited access to physicians, patients not going to see their physicians because they're worried about COVID, hospitals only allowing uh, patients in and the sick in. So it's been a trying time. And uh, to be able to jump our revenues the way we did is real testament to the type of people we have at Value Farm. I'm very proud of them. Is that last half of the year, I calculate about 9.1, let's call it 9 million in revenue. Is that kind of indicative of how, I am not asking you to give a projection, but is that kind of indicative of how the, the growth, we, growth looks like already for the next fiscal year? That's correct. I mean, you have to look back to, there's always reasons for that revenue growth. And when you look back to it, um, Basically, we we have three key products. We sell currently. We commercialize about eight products um, that are in various therapeutic areas. But there's three are uh, three of them are the real big revenue drivers for the short to medium term. Uh, that's Redesca, our anticoagulant, which is a hospital-based product, blood, and our blood two, thinner. To speak blood English thinner. <laughs> uh, and our more uh, recent launches, which are two innovative asthma products that are tremendous improvement in asthma care in Canada. Well, Redesco was launched really at the beginning of the third quarter. So the first half of the year had 
almost no uh, revenue from these new products. Redesca launched uh, last week of April, uh, certainly contributed to the third quarter and in, again in the fourth. When you look at our two asthma therapies, we only put our team together and, and we have a team on asthma that's uh, over 60 people in the field, actually uh, in front facing physicians and nurses and, and pharmacists. Um, and that really started in September. So we really had two months of, of early day kind of minor sales. So Redesca drove most of that revenue. So that 9 million, uh, when you when you look wow. at it, it was on the backs predominantly of Redesca and, and obviously our existing portfolio. Um, but the growth from uh, continued growth from Redesca and from our asthma therapies, we ha we hadn't we're we're gonna we're starting to see it again continuing in the first quarter. Uh, that's why we're saying sequentially in the press release we put out uh, earlier this week, we expect sequential quarterly growth uh, and significant sequential quarterly growth. And uh, yeah, because these came in these came into your pipeline in stages over 2021. That's correct. So that's correct. is it safe to say now, Steve, that you know, beginning because the quarter ended, I think, uh, end of October, right? So uh, year end October, first quarter, uh, January 31st, we'll be announcing the results at the end of March. Uh, that there's a, a good jump from the fourth quarter in terms of revenues and uh, Q2 is off to a strong start. So that's, uh, it, it bodes well. And a lot of things affect uh, sales of drugs in Canada. I mean, we've talked about COVID and the ability to, to actually interact with physicians, but the other aspect, which is extremely important is who pays for drugs. Private insurance companies typically pay as do the public, the provinces themselves. And when you look at those two uh, payers, you're looking at well over 90% of, of how drugs are paid for in Canada. And we've made huge strides, both with Redesca and with our asthma therapies in getting both private payer, both of the, all three drugs have over 90% coverage in Canada and public payer, where again, all three drugs have over 80% coverage in Canada. So that's the, you need that in place. And we did it in record time, getting this kind of reimbursement as it's called. Uh, and without it, you're really handcuffed because, uh, you know, the Canadian social medicine system, people are, are used to having someone paying for their drugs and not out of pocket. So uh, we got that in place and that is going to help drive. We just announced Ontario for our two asthma drugs uh, last week. So it's just starting. Quebec was announced, uh, you know, several weeks before that. Uh, these are obviously the two biggest provinces in Canada. Yep. Alberta's already on. We're still waiting for BC, but uh, we expect that to come through soon. So, you know, we'll be right across Canada. And that's what is going to help sustain this strong growth in our revenues. Yeah, and that bodes, that's another booster. So booster number one was the uh, the drugs were being, you know, were being staged in over 2021. Now they're pretty much all in full gear. The second booster you just talked about is the fact that getting coverage from insurance companies, private or provinces, public, that was kind of staged in in That's 2021. Correct. So those are going to be full right now. And then I think there's a third one, Steve, which is your corporate structure. You've talked a lot about that. You've yeah. really you've really focused on that a lot in our interviews where you said, George, we're expanding the team, sales and marketing, delivery, fulfillment, all of that. Even that was growing in stages. So is it fair to say right now that as of right now, Steve, all three stages, the products, the reimbursements, and the corporate structure are, I mean, nothing's ever 100%, but they're on, seems like they're all three are on full boost. And yeah. that could do tremendous things for 2022. Exactly. I think, uh, you know, the when we look at our, uh, we've grown over the last uh, 12 months from 
roughly 30 employees to over 100 employees. 70% of those employees are on the commercial side. They're out there in the field talking to hospital, uh, in the hospitals with doctors, nurses, uh, visiting physicians, visiting pharmacists to make them aware of the benefits of our drugs. Uh, that's, a, that's a major uh, effort to hire up and, and bring these people and train these people. Uh, we've got a great team on the commercial side, but internally, and I don't, you know, we've grown, we've grown to 100 employees and I don't want anyone to get the impression that we've added like some fat on the, uh, on the bandwagon that we've grown no. and bloated. We're a very lean team, but we've got a great uh, head office, small head office team of people, great medical team. A regulatory QC commercial um, or order to cash. Uh, it's just a, you know, we, I think we've got, so people should not really see much in the way of expense growth. I think we're at that max level of, of uh, run rate. What they should start seeing is revenue growth, margin growth, our EBITDA or what is now a negative EBITDA shrinking to becoming by the end of this fiscal year, which is October uh, 2022 to it being a positive EBITDA. That's our res I, I made a comment on our, our call that we had uh, following the res results, uh, the release of the results, where I said it's our resolute focus to become profitable by the end of the year. So every expense is being looked at, every way to, to uh, uh, grow our revenues is being looked at. Um, it's, it's an important factor. It changes us uh, significantly in the eyes uh, and, and we appeal to a different or a broader band of, of investors once we turn that corner to profitability. And once we turn it, we're not coming back. And, and to be clear, it's not as if you have some kind of a bloated structure where you have to look for cutting costs. The fact of the matter is every growth company, whether it's a Gorecom on our side or a Valio, a pharma company, you have to build capacity and anticipation of the growth you think that's coming. So you have to undertake those capital expenditures, whether you're expanding warehouse, those operating expenditures, you're adding on new people, but you're not immediately generating the revenue yet, but you know it's coming. So I think it's fair to say that you absorbed a lot of those expenses uh, and you don't expect them to, you know, you expect that SGNA to stay the same, but now what's coming is all that sales that they're there to support and optimize. So it seems like 2022 is just going to be a fantastic year, man. Yeah, that's where we're certainly expecting that. And, and you're absolutely right. And that's true of almost all drugs that are launched, that there is an uptake period. Uh, the reimbursement not, is not always there. The, the fact that physicians are, are science-based, they want to see, they want to talk, they want to understand, they want to ask questions. They're not, and uh, uh, you know, it takes some time for them, and they want to try it on patients. That's why sampling is a big uh, uh, phenomenon, where you you give certain uh, limited quantities that they give to their patients, and they see to their, they ask their patient, "How are you feeling?" And especially a drug like uh, for asthma, where you know, if I give you a, a cholesterol drug, I mean, typically you don't feel very different from one day to the next. When you take a, an asthma therapy, it, it changes your life. If, yeah. if you see some improvement. So, you know, this is a really key part and all that takes time because you can imagine that a patient that walks out with a sample is not coming back the next day to see his physician. He's coming back maybe in a month or so. And at that point, then the prescriptions start to rise. So what we're seeing with our two asthma therapies, and we're tracking this closely, is we're having month over month prescription growth and month over month more doctors are prescribing our two therapies, Enerzera and Atectura. And this is what we want to track. And we'll be disclosing the, some of those numbers to our investors on a quarterly basis so that they can track how well we are doing with, with these two therapies. And again, you know, we talked about peak sales. 
We're still looking at peak sales with our existing portfolio of well over 100 million, closer to 125 to 150 wow. uh, within four, four and a half, four to five years. But I, we're trying to bring it in at four. Uh, and the reason for that is these two new asthma drugs have well over $100 million of potential. These are amongst the premier drugs in asthma today. Asthma, as you know, is a big therapeutic area. Almost four million Canadians suffer from some degree of asthma. We focus on a on on those that are a little more uh, moderate to severe asthmatics. Well over a million Canadians have that condition also. So it's a big market, and we have a lot of expectations for our drugs and the team to deliver it. You know, execution is it's all about execution now. Now, and I can't wait for the execution because we've been. I can't wait for it, but I got to ask since you've got this new corporate structure in place, it would be easy to think that you want to add even more uh you know leverage leverage that leverage that whole uh, corporate structure even better with maybe new products so how does you know how does the product pipeline look do you stick with what you have right now and just optimize those or does it how does 2022 look for adding more great revenue generating drugs well you know when you have uh, uh, the, the the products uh, especially enterzer which is really uh, in my view as a potential to become one of the top selling products in canada uh, of, of any drug, I'm not just saying uh, asthma drugs, uh, you got to keep your focus on, on what you have. But having said that, a company is always looking to grow and you grow by adding products. Uh, you go by leveraging your sales force by having uh, parts of your sales team that do or will develop excess capacity. And I, I think specifically of our of our um, our hospital sales team that uh, is working very hard on Redesca now, but certainly has some some capacity for other products. So definitely looking and continuing to look at products. Uh, I think every company does so, whether you're Valio Pharma or Pfizer, you're always doing product development or looking at new products, adjusting your portfolio, focusing on how do you best grow your company? How do you best service your customers? And, you know, our customers are our physicians and patients. Really, there's our stakeholders in many ways. Um, so we have to continue to look. And I, I, you know, will we bring out something else this year? It's possible. Uh, you never know. There's active discussions underway for other products. Um, but, uh, you know, I always hate to jinx myself by saying definitely until we sign and, you know, until the, the, the ink is on the paper, we don't, you know, we don't currently have another drug or that we, that we're going to be announcing, but, uh, there are discussions, um, and due diligence and what have you. And everything is always take a step back and say, how does this add value to value? Is this going to make us a bigger company quicker? Is this going to add value to our shareholders and our stakeholders? Yeah, the fact of the matter is your success is only going to bring more success, right? Uh, there's going to be pharma companies all over the world who maybe were considering Valeo, but now they see your success with these four great products in 2021. And the more that you're going to bring is I'm right to assume, Steve, that your pipeline is just going to grow from George Com Pharmaceutical calling you from Ireland or some part of the world saying, hey, you want to license our product into Canada? We'd love to have you as our partner. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the it's it's a uh, when I look back two years ago and and compare it to today or even a year ago, uh, much more active, much more high level business development. 
talking to companies on a global on a global basis rather than just a Canadian basis, looking at what opportunities there are and uh, whether it's for this year or or next year or or beyond. But uh, we're uh, it's uh, it, it definitely we we moved up a level to that mid tier status within Canada, uh, certainly by people, not yet by revenue, but that revenue is coming back and will will catch up very quickly. Well, between Steve, the products hitting <laughs> high gear, the insurance, you know, on public and private now in full gear, the, the structure of the corporation now in full gear, and even COVID, you know, winding down more people feeling more comfortable back to doctors, see the doctor, it seems like 2020, 2022 for the company is just going to be an, an amazing year and we can't wait to see what you're going to pull. I'd love to hear you know, what your internal projections are. I know I've got my back of the napkin math. I'm not going to say it, but I'd love to hear it. But I guess we'll have to wait for the next quarter to come out and bring it That's back right. on and talk. Yeah, about we're, we're, we're working, uh, we're just going quarter by quarter now. And we have uh, absolutely a number in our heads for this year, which is significant growth from uh, last year. But oh, <clears throat> what we did say, excuse me, in our, in our uh, <clears throat> sorry, in our press release, sequential quarterly growth that will be significant. It won't be consistent. It won't be... 25% every quarter. Some quarters might be much higher than that. Some it's just the nature yeah, of the you're still in growth mode. You're still Se in growth mode. Uh, <clears throat> seasonality in some cases too. But uh I see that growth and and uh 20 uh, we said 2021 was a transformative year. It was and 2022 will be even more so. So for our shareholders and for your viewers watching uh, today, uh, I would say, uh, you know, follow Valio Pharma. There's good things happening and we will try to be as, as transparent and as informative to our shareholder base as possible. One thing we always uh, we don't always talk about, but is is a key tenant of of our uh, culture is that we're an employee owned company. Uh, almost all employees own shares, management, board. Uh, and uh, employees, even um, your dog, your dog saying, Hey, I, I'm a shareholder my, too. My dog, Kobe, is a, is a shareholder too, <laughs> or a stakeholder in any case. Um, and uh, we're very, uh, you know, that aligns us with all our shareholders. We all have the same objective build the revenues, build value, um, help Canadians. Uh, that's our primary focus, and everything else will take care of itself. And and I, I'm looking forward to being back on your show uh, with more exciting news, whether it be product, revenue, or otherwise. Um, and uh, we'll you know, keep you, your, your uh, viewers uh, up to date with uh, uh, the, what I think is going to become a, a really marquee Canadian pharmaceutical company. Well, Steve, you know, you're not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk. So whatever you guys are doing there, it's working. Congratulations. Uh, fantastic, you know, fantastic result. I love the second half numbers. I love the four pillars are all kicking in and I can't wait to see the sequential growth. Cause like you said, you guys are never satisfied. I'm satisfied as a shareholder, but again, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that growth, but congrats today. We're going to celebrate this because, you know, yep. sometimes you need to celebrate big wins, yeah, celebrate yeah, it, and then we'll have you back on for the next one. Great. Thanks a lot, George. It's always a pleasure to be on your broadcast and, uh, uh, I think uh, this year uh, will be a, a good year for us. And, and I uh, certainly hope the same for you. Well, Steve, it's easy having you on, man, because we're not scrambling for content. We're not, we're not clutching at straws for uh, some kind of uh, light at the end of the tunnel. You guys are a freight train that's, that's on, on its way. So thanks for being here, my friend. Uh, again, thanks for having me. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Steve Saviak and his dog. Uh, 
He's the CEO of Valio Pharma Trades in Canada under VPH for Friends in the US, VPHIF. If you're just discovering the company for the first time because you're seeing them on a Gorecom or you're seeing them in the press releases, because whenever you see record revenues for a small cap, especially in this risk-off environment that we're in right now, this is a great time to discover successful record-breaking small cap companies because you're able to get them at a time when the world is in risk-off mode. And if everything goes right, could do very well for yourself when we're back in risk-on mode. So how to do your due diligence? Get to Agoracom, take a look at the company's profile page because we've got all the segments of the company neatly broken down for you to understand. And then once you got that foundational information, head over to the Valio website, do your deep dive due diligence, and hopefully discover your next great small cap biopharma company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.